Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm Alive with Shy. I'm your host, Cheyenne. Thank you guys for waiting on this third episode of season two. I'm very excited. I have a special guest. I know my voice kind of comes off as a bit monotone, so I feel like you can't tell if I'm excited, but I'm actually really happy because I have one of my best friends here. Her name is Baja Jordan. She's originally from San Diego, so we met at Sac State in the dorms in Draper Hall. Shout out to Draper. We ended up becoming roommates our sophomore year of college and every time we hang out we just share like the same thoughts and ideas and can go on tangents about the world and men. Baja is a go-getter. Anything she says she achieves. She works very hard. Currently she is a health educator for a local high school in the Bay Area. Today we actually went out for Taco Tuesday in celebration of her applying for grad school. So let's pray that she gets in. And if you guys haven't figured out by now, I'm super into astrology and Baja is a Gemini and I'm an Aquarius, so we're both air signs. So, you know, we just have crazy ideas and yeah. So, Baja, introduce yourself. Hey, y'all. My name is Basha Jordan. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. And I just love my girl, Shy. It's really funny how we met. So, we met freshman year of college, third floor of our dorm. I ran into her coming out of the bathroom because, you know, in the dorms, you have that community bathroom. She was coming out and we stopped and started talking. And I invited her to go to breakfast with me and my roommate at the time. And she was like, yeah, just knock on my door um, when you're ready. I didn't tell her that I was on my way to go take a shower. So she was waiting for probably like 40 minutes for me. Yeah, it was a long time. In my head at the time, I was like, this girl is fake. She lied to my face. And so by the time I was ready to come get her, she was not in her room at all. Like, no one answered her door. And I didn't see her for almost a week after that point. And I remember telling my roommate, like, oh, she probably thought I just said F her and left without her. Come to find out, she did think that. She had left and got herself some other breakfast. And I think she cried. <laughs> <laughs> And I think she cried. I definitely did. Um, And so when we met up again, we like laughed about it. And since then, we have just been best friends since. We used to live together, as she said, and we would have our hit the blunt conversations, as we would say, though we don't smoke. But like we would be up to like three in the morning talking about like dinosaurs and the galaxy and the solar system and just like some random ass things. But I love her and I'm so glad to be on this podcast with her today. So yeah, that's basically what happened. She told it pretty accurate. So I waited for her while she was getting ready, but I didn't realize that it was going to take her that long because she had just started getting ready and I was already ready to go. That day, I think I ended up going to Jamba Juice and going to a park and definitely walked around and cried and was really sad because I was like, ooh, yes, I was this close to making a friend because actually when I moved into the dorms, I didn't have a roommate yet. She was coming like a week later. So I don't know. During that time, it was just so lonely being by myself. And I was a little bitch. (laughs) Anyways, we're friends now. That's a little background. So how about we get into some relevant topics today? Baja, can you explain more about the the baby and Danny Lay situation? Because you kind of just told me about it. 
And I knew what was happening. I just didn't know the details. So let the people know what went down and your thoughts. So my thoughts on Danny Lay and DaBaby. In case folks don't know what happened between the two. So um, Danny Lay and DaBaby have had a long history of unhealthy relationships. Um, And what happened a few weeks ago was that they were hanging out she was at his place I guess they had sex and he came within her so she had plan b delivered to the apartment he found the plan b and I believe got upset and that led to them having an argument an altercation he claimed that she hit him and she claimed that he was trying to kick them out her and their daughter that they have together Um, and so it just really sparked this big conversation about their relationship and as someone who teaches young people about healthy relationships this was quite interesting to me because my young people look up to these folks they look up to these celebrities who have these relationships and they're witnessing two people who have a child together on live arguing back and forth supposedly hitting each other and that's not healthy it sounds like um, Danny Lay ended up leaving the situation with her child in a safe but it brings this larger question as to one should they just not be together ever again And also, it's not healthy because the things that they have gone through is toxic. A person, a mother who has a child and is with the father of the child being kicked out of that apartment because he's upset about their situation, that's not a healthy environment to be in. And what's also toxic about it is that it's just been this huge level of disrespect between both people. So he has called her out of her name. She has definitely called him out of his name telling each other that they ain't shit which anytime a person in relationship refers to their partner as ain't shit that's a red flag that's toxic so toxic those are toxic couples favorite phrase to say to each other Um, and i think far too often we see so many celebrities that we idolize being in these very toxic and unhealthy relationships and it's sad because some people look to them as like oh is this how my relationship should be oh maybe i should let this pass because Unfortunately, I do think Danny Lay will probably end up back with DaBaby. They're probably going to hash out this issue. And a month later, we're going to see them posting together. Lovey-dovey. We've seen that with Erica Mena and Safari all the time, getting divorced, but yet showing up at each other's birthday parties and stuff. And none of that is healthy. A person that's going to belittle you, kick you out, speak poorly about you that's not someone who has respect for you that's not someone that you should be with and if you're experiencing those things really think about that relationship and consider ending that relationship completely I know it's hard when you have a child and that's the case with them they have a daughter together and we know the baby has kids by multiple different people but just because you have a child with that person I don't believe that you have to make that relationship work with you too you can learn to co-parent and keep it that way and just not choose to be together and that's okay too you can still raise your child in a healthy household when people are co-parenting together and on the same page that way exactly i totally agree i feel bad for that child that may end up seeing this when they're old enough to use the internet it's just it's really toxic and i don't know from my perspective i didn't know like the full story until baja let me know but I just remember them posting during COVID and seeing like it looked like they were in a happy relationship and 
Now it's turmoil, and it's just crazy how quick things switch up. He's making her look crazy, and I feel like that happens in a lot of relationships. So for today's episode, we're going to touch on multiple topics like dating, cheating, ghosting, interracial dating, dating as a young black woman. Baja, could you let the people know your relationship status so my dating status is i am loving on myself so you're single so i've actually have never had a monogamous exclusive relationship with anyone it's always been fairly open with the people i've been with so basically just saying i've never had a boyfriend but i've dated throughout college different people different ages Mm -hmm, that's right different backgrounds and upbringings and I'm still pretty much in that same boat learning that being 24 and I'm now in a space in my life where I would like something a little bit more serious I do enjoy the casualness of being with people the not really emotional type of relationships. I really enjoy that because of how busy my day-to-day life is. But I will say, being 24 and have never had a boyfriend have really made me think of like, okay, what do I want for my life? What do I want in terms of my relationships? And now I would say I would be interested in something serious, though I am not actively dating and actively trying to find that because I do believe that if you're actively looking and going on all these dates, you're not going to find that person. That's true. You can't be desperate for it. You just have to let it come to you. But I know after all those years, you're like, dang, when is it going to happen? I want something to happen more organically. Yeah, I definitely want to emphasize on the point of that organic type of love. It's better to meet somebody in person rather than on an online dating app like tinder or hinge those are all cool i know tinder is more for hookups and hinge is more for actual dating i like being able to meet somebody in person and them knowing my personality like in person rather than swiping right on me on an app it's kind of superficial however i know this might not be the case for people with more introverted personalities um and so If it happens, it happens. But yes, dating has been quite interesting for me. Oh yeah, I know the stories. So who's going to give my girl a good loving? (laughs) Also, after witnessing a lot of our friends go through relationship problems in the dorms, I feel like we both came to the conclusion that it's kind of a turnoff. They have sex with them. They expect something monogamous after. And I feel like our generation, that's kind of how we do things. And I'm not saying it's backwards, but I definitely agree with you about like not having the emotional connection. It makes things like lighthearted and fun. And then you don't get hurt. I do have a couple more questions that I want to ask so we can like... I share a story, you share a story. So I want to ask if you've ever been ghosted. (laughs) So go ahead. Have I ever been ghosted? That's pretty much the only way my relationships have ended is through ghosting. Some of that has been me, I will say, um, as you know, you've mentioned that we've had people, our friends in our life who have just kind of had different relationships that are unhealthy. And so for me, when you when I get ghosted, I'm like, okay, well, I dodged that bullet. And so, yes. Almost everybody I've talked to has ghosted me or I've ghosted them. But it's funny because although we've ghosted, 
they always come back. It has always seems to be the case. So true. They will always come back. And it's always when you're over it. And I'm just like, boy, I don't want you anymore. Where it's like, we're cool. We'll hang out. Um, we'll text or we'll FaceTime. And then I just stop hearing from them. You know, when them good morning text starts to fade. Exactly. The consistency will start to change. And it comes out of nowhere. And... For me, I'm like, that means you must be talking to someone else. You got somebody else. Just cut me off. And they stop asking you how you're doing and how's your day going. You kind of know that they're about to ghost you pretty soon. But then give it a few months, they're going to pop back up. That is pretty much the case for me. Is being ghosted healthy? Probably not. I'm not good at this. And it's something that I'm working on is just communicate if you're not feeling somebody just let them know just say hey you know we had a good run but I'm just not in a place to continue this but I do wish you well I feel like it would be a little bit more mature to just communicate with that person like hey this is over versus like oh I haven't heard from you for a few months and you kind of sit with that feeling of like well were they just not interested and you play all these different things in your head exactly so the reason why I personally ghost people I don't do often I usually let people know that I'm inconsistent and I may not feel it one day and you might not ever hear from me and I'm not joking I remember this one guy I was talking to, he was like, oh, you're a sweetheart. Like, I don't see you doing that. I'm like, don't play me. Just sit and wait. And I ended up doing it to him, not in an evil way, but I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it anymore. I feel like that inconsistency is the closure. You don't need them to say it verbally. Is that mature of me? No, but I don't know. I just don't like hurting people's feelings because empathetically I can't really relate because I was able to get over getting ghosted and just moving on with my life but I do want to evolve and if I'm not feeling it let them know but we'll see as of right now my preferred method is ghosting if they're not putting in that effort to me it's an automatic like sign where I'm just like okay they don't want me anymore and that's that's it So when you've been ghosted in the past, have they always come back? Yeah, so when I've been ghosted or if I've done the ghosting, chances are if I've done a ghosting, I'm not going to hit that person up again. But the people who have ghosted me have came back because as I shared with you over tacos today was I always leave the door kind of cracked. Like I once I get ghosted, it's never like, oh, I can never talk to her again. I always leave it cracked in case they do want to come back and they do go through the door. But I've noticed that when they come back, it's different. The relationship has changed. You know, for example, like I've had someone ghost me and by time they hit me back I was in a different city and I'm like okay well it seems like you're so interested so I try to shoot my shot at them and then they're like oh wait I'm in a relationship so it's like then why did you hit me up if you were in a relationship Uh oh y'all she's spilling the tea um and then another person who I guess I can admit I actually had feelings for you know ill feelings Ooh, and we don't do those But this person I've had a very long history with. He was the first person I really met in Sacramento. And we formed a relationship that I thought could have been serious. And the way I had to ghost him, because 
we I would see him with someone else. I would always see him around Sac State. Did you say the school? Okay. Um, I would always see him around Sac State with other with another girl. And so I kind of put two and two together and I was like, oh, they're forming a relationship. Man, this is why my guard is always up because I feel like why do we have to put two and two together? If you're honest with me from the jump, saying that you're talking to multiple people, then you wouldn't have to do outside research. But then you're at, on campus and he's treating you with certain energy behind the scenes. And then you see him with another girl. And then, I don't know, it's just so confusing. And so I had to go to him for my own, to protect my own feelings. And of course, you know, once that relationship didn't work out for him, me leaving the door cracked, he came back through. And we picked up from that relationship Again, I'm in a new city closer to where he is again, but it was different. I actually just didn't have the same feelings I had for him when he came back. Even our chemistry changed. The intimacy that we once had was no longer there. And I think that just because once you get ghosted or you do the ghosting, there's a level of I'm over this person. That attraction, that feeling that I once had for them has kind of gone away. And so when they come back, I'm almost like forcing that feeling to be there but it's not there and eventually your mind and your heart and your soul will tell you like this isn't meant to be to the point where now I see this person and I have no interest in them anymore no attraction towards them anymore yeah yeah they always come back I remember when me and my ex broke up we deleted each other off of Instagram Snapchat and deleted each other's numbers and then after six to eight months, I was like, where's this new app? He really deleted me from his life. But after about a year, I finally got an IG request and then a DM. And I'm just like, got you. <laughs> they always come back. But by that time, I was disgusted with myself and didn't even know why I liked them in the first place. I think men like process their emotions differently. Women... We usually, not me or you, but we process them like in the moment, closer to when everything happened, and then men do it like six months to a year later, and that's why they come back. All right, so next topic I was thinking about, we can go into cheating. So I know you haven't technically been in a relationship, but we have friends that we know have been cheated on and gotten their heart broken. So... Do you believe that women are better cheaters than men? I feel like we kind of are because we keep it on the low and it's usually like an emotional relationship. It could be with a co-worker and then the husband doesn't even know. And men, you know, they'll stick their things into anything that has a beating heart. So I just want to know what you think. Yeah, I do think men and women cheat differently. Um... For women, we often are, you know, socialized to be the emotional ones, get into our feelings. And so when a woman cheats, it actually was a process for her to get to that point. There was something lacking in that relationship that she's in. And then she meets someone who she just starts to share those frustrations that she has. So it's not an instant like, oh, they started having sex. It's more of like she met another male or another person who was willing to listen to what she was going through, who was willing to be there and be supportive. And so 
over time, she begins to build an emotional connection with this person. And so that cheating process is often longer and a little bit more hidden, like you're saying, because it starts off as just building a new connection with the person. In terms of men cheating, it's often they are out, they feel horny, turned on, they meet someone, and they just kind of react towards that physical need. Um, They start to get hard and they just want to release themselves. And so I think there's often a difference, but I do think that men who cheat for emotional reasons, that's a different level. That's probably because he was in a relationship with a person that just wasn't healthy and he met another woman who was being supportive and there for them. So I think it's different. Mainly men do it physically and women do it emotionally. But when we do see men cheating for emotional reasons, it's often something deeper than than just that he found her attractive and wanted to smash her. Yeah, I definitely agree that men are more physical cheaters and women are more emotional. Sometimes I feel that men drive women to cheat. I'm not saying there is an excuse, but I kind of understand the perspective of a woman, even though it's not right. I don't know if this is making sense. I do think women put up with a lot in relationships. So if she's down to the point where she feels like she has to cheat, the relationship is probably toxic and that's probably a sign to get out. But You know, women are ride or dies and they stick in unhealthy relationships, but cheating is not okay. I do not recommend. I was just talking about this, like in my last relationship, I feel like towards the end, it got kind of toxic where we both did not like each other. And I remember around my birthday, I got a message from this guy I used to like, and he was like, happy birthday, beautiful. And I was so excited but I was in a relationship. So I feel like personally, if I didn't have good morals or ethics, I could have cheated and pursued that while having a boyfriend. But I believe in karma and I wasn't trying to go that route. We ended up breaking up shortly after my birthday on Valentine's Day. And I just, after that happened, I was just like, oh my God, I get why women cheat. I'm not making making an excuse for it. But from a woman's perspective, I guess it's kind of easy to do. But honestly, communication is the key. If you guys are adults, you need to have that uncomfortable conversation. And if it's not going anywhere and you guys are just going in circles and no one is trying to change or grow, just break up. There's no reason to cheat on somebody, especially because of STIs like you don't need to be spreading anything around raw dogging you know the mistress and then going raw into your significant other because that just comes with more problems and some problems that could potentially last a lifetime so Baja if you were to get cheated on when you finally get into a relationship what do you think you would do I propose this question. Uh, Let me give a summary. I'd say like you guys have been dating for two and a half years and you guys finally move in together and he cheats on you with a stripper. What would you do? First relationship. I have always told myself that if I get cheated on, I want to end that relationship. And for those who've been in relationships, either been a cheater and got taken back to the relationship. 
I'm just saying that for me, I would just in that relationship um, because I am a very open person. I, as much as I'm not the best communicator, I do believe that in my relationship that I have, that we would have that level of openness. Like if I'm lacking in the bed, if I'm lacking in something in this relationship, let me know before you decide to go out and cheat and let loose because we can work on this. So for a person to still cheat on me after knowing that about me, I would in that relationship. You know, they always say once a cheater, always a cheater. I do believe that can be the case, but I do believe that people can also change in a relationship, but it takes work. It takes a lot of work to rebuild that trust in your partner that if I've given you that level of trust and you break that trust, I don't think I can forgive that. And I think we even made a pact that if we were married and got cheated on, um, that we would get a divorce. So did. Um, and yes, I would just go ahead and get a divorce. I don't want to work through that. I don't want to be the the wife who stuck it out while her husband was cheating um, and accepted him back because I do, again, feels like it changes the relationship. But I say this now. So we y'all are hearing me say this right now. I will end that relationship. So remind me of this whenever the time comes. If it let's pray it does. Yes, yes. We made a pact. I remember we were driving and we're like, if we were ever to get cheated on, no matter the status, if we're married, a fiance in a seven year relationship, we would walk away. It doesn't matter if we have children, just because I feel like, like you said, we're open. Like, if you don't want to fuck with me anymore, like, just let me know that. It hurts more knowing that you went behind my back, betrayed my trust, when you could have just been open and we could work on it. And if not, then we're not meant to be. But cheating is is not the right answer. And I do believe that if you cheat, you will get your karma in some way. And yeah, so cheating's a no with these girlies. Okay, this is going to be the last question. We could probably go on and on, so this might be long. But I wanted to ask you, like, how you feel dating as a young black woman in California where we are definitely the minority. And there's a lot, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but there's a lot of interracial relationships where we see black men with, women who are not black not dating the black queens which is okay love is love and i agree with that but then i feel like the black women we get the short end of the stick and then we don't have anybody and a lot of black women we want to stick with our black kings we could do what you know the black men do and date outside of our race but I feel like it's harder for us. So how do you feel on that topic? Because you are a young black woman in the dating world. Dating for me, um, especially dating black men, has been a challenge. Growing up in San Diego, for folks who know about San Diego, it is not a city where a lot of black people live. Yeah, I had no idea that black people existed in San Diego until I met you. I did not go to a school where a lot of black men went to as well. So there was a moment in my life where I thought my husband was white. (laughs) Um, I thought, yes, he was going to be a white man and we would have these kids together. But then when I came 
you know, to Sacramento to go to college, I actually met black men who actually like black women. And it was almost like a surprise to me because the few black boys that existed in San Diego that I knew didn't really gravitate towards black women. We live in a city where it's very diverse. And so they gravitated towards other cultures and even my own brothers gravitated towards other cultures and other people. And for that time of my life, you know, the black boys that I didn't know spoke really badly about about black women. You know, they often referred to us as being loud, as being ghetto, as being ratchet and all these things. And I'm not that person. I am not loud. I'm not ratchet. I may not look like Beyonce. I may be a little bit on the plus size side, but it was really hard and hurtful to hear the black boys in my city talk about black women that way. So when I went to Sacramento and I actually met black men who liked black women, who praised black women, was a shock for me. And I quickly pushed my white men aside. No, no offense, I do think y'all are very attractive and fine. Um, but it's something different when you have a relationship with someone within your own culture. Um, being able to talk about, you know, race and talk about being an oppressed culture in this society, it makes the relationship quite different. Um, and so now I will definitely say my type is black men. I am always open to all cultures, but I think what really solidified this for me is just watching, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement. And even before then, but now that we're in our 20s and have a better understanding of race and being a black person in society, you can't help but to gravitate towards your kings because we both are being screwed over by this society that was not designed for us. And so now with this understanding and mindset, it's a lot harder for me to connect to someone who's not black because they won't really get it. They don't understand what it's like to be a black person because they're not black. And I don't want to be that person to have to explain this. When I watch a black body get killed or get brutalized by police, I don't want to have to have that awkward conversation with my partner about how this feels to be a black person to witness, you know, my brothers and sisters being treated this way. It's different when you have a black partner and you're watching this together and it's like, wow, we really need to make a change for us, for our communities, for our families. So it's been a challenge, um, but I have met some great black men throughout my life. I did have a little moment with the white boy that <laughs> I was hoping to explore. He seemed a little bit woke, as You're they like to say. Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I did. I did have a moment with the white boy that... It could have been solidified one night through a kiss, but it didn't happen. And maybe that was a sign that it wasn't supposed to happen. But we really connected with each other. And he seemed to be understanding and open. And we did talk about race for a little bit. But there's still a level of disconnect. Yeah, I definitely noticed when I got to Sac State, I saw black men have a genuine appreciation for black women. And seeing you know, black love. It was really interesting to see because I'm not from San Diego. I'm from the Bay, but I just remember in high school, just like a lot of interracial, like black men with like Latino women or Filipino women or white women. And just not saying it's bad, but I always thought I was just like, do those women, you know, know what this black man has to deal with on an everyday basis with just 
waking up and going to school and taking the bus or driving, you know, while black, there's just so many things that come with being black. And I feel like if you are going to date outside of your race, it's a beautiful thing. But you should really get to know that other person, especially if you are going to have children with them. I'm not trying to say like the mixed kid thing, but there are definitely a lot of like mixed children who have a lot of identity issues. I feel like I see this a lot when it's a white mom and a black father, you know, in families, usually the mother takes on that nurturing role and the men sometimes just sit to the side. And I know some of y'all are thinking like, aren't you mixed? Like, what are you talking about? And I guess I'll let you guys in on a little secret. Just kidding. So I'm not like, I don't identify as a mixed person. I don't have a white parent. Both of my parents are black. And yeah, I did that ancestry DNA shit. And of course, the results came back that I have a little bit of white in me. But most people who are descendants from slaves have a little bit of white in them. But I say all this to say that you guys thought you knew me, but I'm not mixed. So I'm not talking about myself when I mention mixed children. It's not my background, but I know you guys assume it by the way I look. But I do understand and recognize my privilege, and that's a whole different topic. But anyways, back to what I was saying. To have a white parent, but look totally different from them and be around like their family and still claiming that you're black and just trying to figure out both sides so I definitely feel like if you are you're attracted to people outside of your race you should definitely do your background research and not background research but be open to learning about their culture And especially with black people, not saying we come with a lot, but I mean, racism and like slavery, it's been around for like 500 years. So there's just a lot of trauma and you have to be willing to unpack that with your significant other. But yeah, Baja, you're planning to move to the South or possibly the East Coast for grad school. So I feel like you will find your black man over there i don't know if it's because like california new york you know we're have more diversity in those southern and east coast states it's more like black and white i know it's evolving but primarily it's just those two races so i feel like people might not intermingle as much but i definitely feel like your husband is over there and I'm excited for you. I know technically you haven't dated someone in a monogamous relationship, but are you excited for when you move? Like you feel like your options are going to grow and you'll be able to like have many options of black men who will like you back? Yeah, I mean, I'm hopeful that I'll meet someone. You know, I'm never one to be like, oh, I need a man right now. Um, Like I said, if it happens, it happens. I'm moving not to find a man, but... You know, because I want to better myself in my career, you know, this nine to five job that I currently have, I could quit 
tomorrow, you know? And so I'm really just making this move to really improve on myself, be able to travel more, be able to meet more people. And if I meet a person along the way, then great. If they're wanting to grow with me and grow together, because I do think in any relationship, you should have your own level of growth within you. You should have your own level of happiness, you know, and then you meet someone who's in addition to that, not someone who's going to complete you. And so if I meet someone in my new journey in life that's wanting to be an addition to my life and is supportive of me and my goals, then yeah, I'm totally open. I mean, even if he's white, mm. just hope that you have read your books and I'm not going to have to tell you not to say, you know, the N-word and, you know, say things that are really inter- inappropriate, but, you know, I'm, I'm open to it all. My dad's from the South, so I've been to the South and, you know, I love my little country man um, that, you know, farm fed, <laughs> farm fed, horseback riding cowboy. Oh, I would love that, especially a black one. Muscles. Mm, oh, great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I'm excited to see what this new journey of life is going to be. That's one of the things. There are many things that I admire about you, but just how you don't let relationships or men hold you back from anything in this world because as you know they come and go we've known each other for almost seven years and there's been men coming in and out of our lives but we've stayed being friends I definitely agree with you a man or woman your significant other should be a bonus in your life you should be confident and happy and have things going for yourself because you should not be spending all this time with your significant other they might not always be there like you said they shouldn't complete you they should be a positive bonus addition into your life so i think that wraps it up if you guys have listened before you know towards the end of the episode i like to do song of the week so is there like a certain song or a certain artist that you've really been messing with heavily baja so i'm not as hip as y'all um and i still use my beloved pandora and across my station lately has been lucky day and the song that i really connected with is floods so if you don't know who lucky day is if you haven't heard them yet Go ahead, put them into your Pandora or Spotify, whatever you use, and listen to Floods. That I pretty much play that song each day. I played it for my students today before our sex. Did they like it? Did they like it? Oh, they love it. They love my music playlist. I always play music with my kids before we dive into our lessons. Thank you for having me. So my song of the week that I've been playing like every day is called Love the Things You Do by this artist Pip Millet. She's just a good like alternative R&B singer. Kind of like Lucky Day. I just love alternative like indie R&B because I don't know something about those artists they're not like and I like Summer Walker love her but it's not like fuck that nigga you know it's just like their word choice is different and I can relate to them more than I can relate to Summer Walker but thank you so much Baja for being on this episode I'm glad I could close the year with someone I truly care about someone who inspires me we've been friends for so long I'm so glad that 
you know, I didn't want to go to Sac State, but I got you out of it. And I just appreciate our friendship and you're a great listener. And I love you. Oh, that's gross. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, I guess uh, this is the last one. I'll see you guys next year. And have a great rest of your 2021. Bye. You can't even sit in peace. Cause all of these niggas be on you I'm just saying I can be Yeah The one that you call and you talk to, girl I'll share my world with you If you wanna waste your time yeah. Waste your time with me I mean honestly